0: Good evening. I am Lillian M. um, from Georgia, Eastern Standard Time, and my number is 770-313-1853. I am a compulsive overeater, and I am a 100-pounder. I'd like to start with the set-aside prayer. Dear God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself this book, My Disease, These Steps, and especially about you, God, so that I might have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth. In 2017, um, around November is when I first came into program, and um just to start off, telling you a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in uh, Selma, Alabama. And at the age of three, my dad um, packed me and my three siblings in a car with our clothes and took us to his mother's house. She lived there with uh, her twin daughters and left us for to be raised. Uh, my mother took off, and they were split up, and she moved to New York to live. And that's where she lived um, until she passed, and I was an adult by that time. My grandmother was a devout Christian and public school teacher, Um, and I am today, I am the person today because of that beginning of growing up in her household. We were very, very poor financially uh, because my grandmother during that time, um, even though she was a retired teacher, all she was getting was um, Social Security. She didn't have, like, a retirement fund or anything like that. And my dad was not providing child support, plus he remarried somebody else and couldn't care of that family. So we were very, very, very poor. Um, but, you know, rich spiritually. We we went to church um, and we didn't have transportation. We had to walk everywhere unless it was a rainy day and we could afford a taxi, but that was about it. We could never do any sports, um, couldn't afford the fees, couldn't afford the uniform, uh, or any of that type thing. We just played. It was four of us and we played together. Um, and my grandmother and her siblings they were huge women they were large women and then their children were large they were obese and that was normal in my eyes i never expected um i never saw it as being a problem uh, they were great cooks we you know we didn't have many resources but we they were great cooks growing up in the south and um food was enjoyable So um, them being large was never a problem um, in my eyes. I did go on to school. Uh, I was blessed and got to go to college and majored in religion. And um, still, I wasn't concerned about my size. I remember somebody one day telling me that – that I needed that I was overweight and it was kind of shocking to me this wasn't um, part of our vocabulary we I mean I wasn't I, I was I was I guess what I would call myself as average in size but I do recall as a young kid um, where food was definitely a problem I remember saying that one of the uh with at my aunt supposedly helping her around the house and I ate something that she had prepared for herself for lunch and I literally ate it all and she was very, very angry at me. Number one, I didn't act, but I just I ate it. And um I I learned early, early on to um to enjoy food and sugar in it. Um, I would we would walk to school, and I had a good friend, and she had money, and she would always stop by the store and treat me, and we were always I mean, walking down the street eating sweet, um, and, and that was life. That was enjoyable. That was satisfying, but I also was one of them that, um, since we, I didn't get out and didn't go places, I was isolated uh, in the home. And so when I did have a little money, I would go across the street to the little store again and buy sweets and sit down in the house and watch TV and and eat my sweets uh, that I had. Uh, My grandmother, ultimately my mother's mother, ended up with diabetes, and all of them had heart disease and high blood pressure and all of that. And my mother's mother, even when I met her, uh, her foot, was partially am- amputated uh ultimately uh by the time i went off to college they amputated all the way up to her knee and then she did not even live long after that she was very very distraught and unable to um overcome that um finally i did get married in, in 1980 and i had I had lost some weight, but my husband was very um, insistent on dragging me around to uh, programs and places where I could exercise and try to lose the weight. I was not a physical person other than we had to walk, and he was a military person. And so he wanted me to run. I wasn't a runner, so he would take me to these places where you can take off pounds sensibly, you know, and, and things like that. And I did lose weight. I was so amazed one time that I got in the 579 shop <laughs> and was able to find a, a, an outfit. But I found myself whenever there was problems going on, if I was uh, stressed in the relationship, I resorted back to those sweets, those things that uh, gave me comfort. Uh, after having children, if there was stress in any way, I found myself resorting back. and. Even though I was able to lose that weight before, I was not able to um, do it as I got older. I I recall going into a – I saw a sign, and my kids were babies during that time, and it was called Overeaters Anonymous and some of that nature. And I went into the meeting, and they told me, oh, you don't need this program. You're doing real good losing all your baby fat. Well, Ah, that's all I needed. And they had these books. So I bought me one of their workbooks and I took it home and I thought I will do it myself Uh, because I don't have anybody to babysit for me. And so I took the book home, started working through the workbook. I don't know how far I got through it. It ended up on the shelf with all the other uh, self-help books. And I have bookcase full of all kinds of uh, diet program books and uh, self-help books. And as I, like I said, I continued to get older. If there were problems at work and there would be stresses, I started putting on the weight. I remember one job, the um, director of the program um, made it i heard him make a comment that when i came i was much smaller and now i had gained a lot of weight because that's what i did if things got to be uh crazy i didn't work out i didn't exercise i you know tried to do it within my power of working harder and um eating and it was always the food with the sugar um so like i said around 2017 this lady at my i'm a school teacher and this lady at my school she'd come back this that summer and before leaving we were very similar in size not very tall and equally as wide and she came back and she was amazingly smaller and they act people was like raving about what she was eating well i teach food and nutrition to middle schoolers i studied home economics in school and i know how to cook kelsey and i know what to eat and I'm looking at her plate and I'm like, she's not eating anything different than what I eat. But I was still secretly hiding all the sugar and going to the vending machine and getting all of those treats at the end of the day when I was stressed and disturbed about things. So she came, to approach me one evening because I would be working late and she said, do you want to know what I've done, what I've been doing? And I said, yes. And she told me about Overeaters Anonymous And I said, well, yeah, I heard about it. (laughs) I went to a meeting. I I have the book. And uh, she made it so simple and plain to me that it made sense. She had me log in to a phone meeting. And she gave me the uh, the timing was perfect. It was uh, a time that I could uh, listen to the meetings on my way. Uh, early in the morning when I first got up on my way to work, I could listen to him. And I could listen to the recordings later if I didn't get to finish the whole meeting. And he also started letting me listen to different podcasts and had me reading pages in the big book. And the part that talked to me about allergy of the body made sense. Um, because you know i'd gone through all of those other programs where you um portion control and cut back this and then gradually bring things in and but that abstinence of um uh, having that alcoholic food made sense because my alcoholic food was anything that looked like in any form of any kind of dessert and um it, it just literally made sense. I grew up with among alcoholics. My dad was one. His brothers were all one. or alcoholics. His sister died from it. Uh, and I knew what that was like, and I made that decision as a young kid that I had wanted no part of alcohol or tobacco. I, I couldn't stand it, thought of it. And so I had to make that decision to give up what I saw as my alcoholic food, and that was anything made with sugar, and so from that date on, thank God, to this day, I have been able to um, become neutral. I remember talking to a sponsor, because I got a sponsor right away, and that sponsor told me um, about identifying my alcoholic food, and I was like, you mean I can never, ever, ever have blanks again? And she said, just not today. And I am so grateful that that food item has continued to be on my list of things on a daily basis that I have not um, put into my body. So um, I did wanna read um, something that I just read recently and um, that, that really has spoken to me and I thought I had it formatted here in my book, and I don't see it. So. But it has to do with um, making. Uh, you hear the statement where it says, um, "Take what you want and, or something of that nature, and, and leave the rest." So. Um, and I was going to read it from for today, and it has to do with tools. And I can't believe I don't see it. I had marked it before we got started here. But um, give me one second. I'm looking, looking for it again. I think I found it. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's, It's January the 10th and it talks about the art of being wise. It's the art of knowing what to overcome or to overlook by William James. Take what you like and leave the rest is a saying most of us hear as newcomers. We are not all alike. What one person enthusiastically recommends may not suit me at all. Of course, something I cannot know. Sometimes I cannot know in advance what to overlook. When I must choose, I go with what seems best and give myself time to see how it works. There is one suggestion each of us would do well to take. Follow the 12 steps. The steps are the program of recovery in its entirety. Everything else is intended to support that process. The tools are just that. Tremendously helpful implements for working the steps. For today I practice the twelve steps to the best of my ability and use whatever aid give promise of working for me. And I wanted to share that because I wanted to really uh, emphasize how these tools of recovery made sense to me and are really helping me in my recovery. Uh, Gentleman, you you have five minutes left. Thank you. Uh, a plan of eating. I when I got a sponsor, she asked me if I had a plan, and at the time I didn't. So she introduced me to um, the O A. Um, I can't even remember the color, what we call it today, but uh, well, you have those different plans—the one that uh, three meals a day, none in between, or the um, low carb, or, or whatever. So she shared with me what she was using, and it helped me. And I, I really did uh, lose weight very quickly. It was amazing how it started uh, coming off when I when I started following that plan. And she would listen to me talk, and there would be certain things that would come to her mind, and she would guide me through it. Um, I know I heard another person in a meeting once, and he said when um, he found himself putting some, a particular food item on his food every day or multiple times a day, he knew that must be a problem. I've come to that understanding. There were foods that are not sugar foods but I found myself uh, wanting them more and more and, you know, not wanting just one serving of it. And so those are foods that I've come to the realization that are alcoholic foods for me and I'm not able to eat them. Sponsorship, having a sponsor and also being a sponsor is very, very important to me. Uh, There was a, I was a month uh, staying recently where I didn't, I wasn't sponsoring. I had no one. I tried. There were a couple. There were some people I had. They quit. There was a couple I started with. They didn't stick. And I, I really noticed a difference. And I I'm so grateful that I am sponsoring right now. Uh, there's a person started with me a little over a week ago, and uh, just listening to her going through the steps. It just warms my heart and I, I know it means so much, as much to me as it does for her. And I'm, each time we get together, I'm thanking her for letting me be her sponsor. But also meetings, um, I, it's easy to become isolated and um, and it's also easy to become so busy that you don't feel like you have time. But meetings are critical. Um, to come together and hear from each other and study uh, the Big Book together and just um, get to experience other people's um, recovery. And so uh, I prioritize that. I Every morning I'm on a phone meeting and I try to do my home-based meeting every week. And then, it, especially with it being virtual meetings now, it's, it's a lot easier to um, uh, be able to go to conventions and all of that kind of stuff, so that I can continue to recover. Um, phone calls, making those contacts, are also very, very important, and I I love it when people are calling me and making those outreach calls. And also, I write down numbers and I'm and try to make my recovery my outreach calls as often as I can. Uh, sometimes I get way behind, but I love, uh, I'm on different group, what do you call them? group me apps, and I'll go to them, and if somebody says, is there somebody that can take a 10-step or uh, outreach call, and if I can, I will, I will jump on it because it does help me with my recovery. Uh, writings, now I'm not the greatest one here. Uh, I have been on several meetings where you have to write things down. But that is definitely not one of my strong points right now, but I hear a lot of people that do and i that is an area I definitely need to grow in literature I do have a lot of o a literature and I have some of them on my phone, some of them uh different books I've bought and and uh, able to read and they're very beneficial also anonymity um gosh, I've met people all over the Country that um, in this program, and it's just a joy to to get to know them. And the thing is, we have we would normally never meet if it had not been for the fact that we are compulsive eaters. And uh, I feel I feel great uh, for this friendship that we this bond that we've gained. Uh, service is a big thing for me, very, very big. I am... Lillian, are you there? This is Kim The time, I lost her, but she's at time. Okay, um, sorry, I don't know what happened to the recording. So with me, I guess I was supposed to come up with a, what was it? Um, Let me end the recording one moment.